We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. We kick off the second hour on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT by talking Notre Dame football with the Fighting Irish Football Beat Reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, Tyler Orca. Tyler, good to be with you. How are you today? I'm great. Today was my first day back after a little Memorial Day vacation. So back in the swing of things, it's good to be on with you as always. You bet you. I always appreciate your time. And let's talk some Fighting Irish offense to kick off our conversation tonight. I want to get your read on the Fighting Irish wide receiver position going into fall camp. Let me just start with this. If the Ohio State game was tomorrow, what is your best guess to the three starting wide receivers for Notre Dame that day? I would have to say it's exactly what we saw during spring practices, pretty much every single spring practice, with Lorenzo Styles in the slot, uh, Braden Lindsay at field, and then Deion Colsey at boundary. And really, I think that's just because of a, a lack of options, really, at all three of those positions. I think once Avery Davis comes back, uh, from his injury, he's going to be, you know, a really good option. But then if Lorenzo Styles is your number one guy, I don't see how you can take him off the field uh, for too many uh, reps. So the, the conundrum at wide receiver is worth talking about. It's probably worth spending multiple segments on your show and multiple articles online. There's just so many moving parts there. Not Not enough moving parts there, I would say. And then – just the options that I mentioned there with Styles, Lindsey, and Colsey, I think for continuity's sake, you've got to roll those three guys out there at Ohio State just because those 15 spring practices were very valuable. Uh, and then going into the summer, you know, the guy that I just mentioned in Davis and Joe Wilkins, both of those guys are coming off injuries that, quite frankly, um, you never like a wide receiver who has to make so many cuts and has to do so many things in the open field even before they get the ball in their hands uh, to do. You, you don't like those knee injuries for your wide receivers. So uh, I know we're about to get to a, another topic in who other than Styles are you most uh, comfortable in or, or confident in for Notre Dame. The numbers there are, are really alarming, and uh, we're about to talk about those yeah. numbers, but – just because the, the numbers aren't there, and, and we did see those three guys that I mentioned for you know an entire month, you got to roll them out, and, and I think those guys are going to get funneled most of the reps in the fall as well. Tyler, let me just add my opinion before I go to the next question. I go back to the 2018 game against Clemson in the playoffs, and I left that game saying two things. Number one, Notre Dame needs to be able to defend the slot better, and I felt like Notre Dame needed 
more explosive players on the offensive side of the football in the slot. Now, Avery Davis has made plays for this football team. You think about the win over Clemson at Notre Dame Stadium. He had one of the marquee catches late in that ball game, helping the Irish to knock off Clemson that particular night. And Avery is a, a really good football player who has moved around to different positions in his Notre Dame career before settling in at wide receiver. I'm really excited about Lorenzo Styles in the slot. I think there needs to be more explosive plays from that particular position. And based on what you were saying there, and I agree with you, Styles needs to stay at that particular spot. How excited are you about what could lie ahead for Styles in his sophomore season? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm very excited. And I think the Fiesta Bowl, what do you have? You know, eight catches eight. for well over, well over 100 yards, right? So it, I don't know if he's going to do that every single game as a sophomore. You know, there could be a little bit of a sophomore slump, but I don't expect that to be extended across the entire season. I think he's going to be a go-to guy. Uh, I think he might even challenge Michael Mayer for the most catches on this team, just because you need a guy coming out of the slot. That, to me, in a passing offense, the guy who should be getting the most catches is probably your slot receiver. And maybe that's just my bias coming from the South, watching the Big 12 mm-hmm. my whole life. You know, I saw guys get 11, 12, 13 catches a game, and maybe they were barely getting over 100 yards, but those are uh, chain-moving catches. Those are Julian Edelman in the Super Bowl. You don't win unless he catches this ball type of catch. So I think Lorenzo Styles can be that guy, but then on the flip side of that, I agree with you 100% in the sense that he's probably the guy that takes the top off of the defense, the opposing defense, better than anybody on this team. Uh, you know, Deion Colsey has the size. I think he's still growing into his body. I think he could get a little faster out there, too. So I, I don't really see him as the 6'4 burner. He's going right past the corner, and he's going to score a 50-yard touchdown. I see Styles as that guy coming out of the spot, catching the ball over the middle of the field and taking it for a touchdown. So the athleticism there, the, the sure-handedness, I think he's just a really good football player all around. And uh, it would behoove Tommy Reese to use him quite a bit. I think him and Michael Mayer could be a really good one-two option in the passing game. Tyler, besides Styles, which wide receiver are you most confident in? I think it's – I really do think it's Davis. And, you know, this is a guy that lost his starting job to injury. And I know the cliche is, never lose your starting job to injury, but it, but it happens. He tore his ACL against Navy last year. Style steps in, plays really well for four or five games, especially in that bowl game, like we mentioned. And now we're sitting here on June 1st saying, there's really no way you can take Styles off the field, even though Davis was a really good player who, I think he caught between 30 and 40 passes last year for over 300 yards and some scores. So if that's what you... I really like those numbers through six or seven games, whatever it was, maybe eight, as, you know, a, a guy who's not starting, a guy who's coming in for, I don't know, maybe upward of 30 plays a game. And if that's what you can get out of that guy, then you're doing really well because it means Styles is probably doing even better. So I think Davis is the most reliable. You mentioned what he did against Clemson a couple of years ago. I mentioned what he did this past season. Uh, you Like I said, you never like a guy coming off an ACL surgery. He's also a six-year guy. So, you know, you've, you've probably seen the best of Avery Davis, but if he matches what that was, which was last year, 
then you're getting really good production out of a guy who's probably not even going to start. And I will say, maybe we haven't seen the best from Avery, Avery Davis because, what, this guy came in as a quarterback from Texas, right, and then switched over to defensive back and then finally made it to wide receiver. He's still kind of growing as a wide receiver, even though he's only a six-year guy. So I think maybe if he stays healthy, if his rehab went well, and he's kind of in a role where he doesn't have to be the guy out of the slot, he can come in and when he catches a 20-yard pass, you say, well, all right, that's a guy who's not even starting and he's doing that, so we're doing something good. If Avery Davis can be that guy, and I'm confident in him because outside of Styles, I have the most confidence in him, then I think Notre Dame uh, is working with something a little better at wide receiver than maybe some think. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He is Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Horka joining me on WSBT Radio. You got Michael Merritt tied in. We've talked about styles. You've mentioned some question marks at wide receivers. So how important will it be for running backs to be a part of the passing game this year? Absolutely. Uh, vitally important. And especially when you've got a guy like Chris Tyree, who the whole narrative around him right now is, can he be a true running back? Or is he more of a you know, guy that you swing out ride, you know, hit him on swing passes, even line him up in the slot. We're going to see a whole lot of that. Um, so when you've got a guy like that and you're still not utilizing your running backs in the passing game, then you've done something terribly wrong. And I think Tommy Reese realizes that, and he's going to get Chris Tyree involved. And that might mean lining up, up you know, if Notre Dame goes with some four or five, five wide hooks, Tyree could – easily be one of those guys with Mayer and, you know, three of those other wide receivers that we mentioned. So he's going to be vitally important in the passing game. And if you want to get Jadarian Price involved, maybe even burn his red shirt because we don't know how long Logan Diggs is going to be out of that running back room, then I think, and I've wrote, written this on blueandgold.com, both in articles and on the message board, he might be the most complete back in terms of everything that goes along with catching the football that Notre Dame has. Chris Tyree is fast. He's excellent. He gets the ball in his hand in open space. He's going to make something happen. But in terms of coming out of the backfield, running a route, uh, you know, what we saw in the blue gold game with Jadarian Price and scoring that touchdown, I just think he's an excellent pass catcher. So you've got two really good ones right there. And don't write off the big boy, Audric Estime, in terms <laughs> of catching the ball as well. He can, he, he will surprise you. I'll say that for his size, some of the things that he could do in terms of, getting out and catching the ball, really impressive. So the full arsenal that Tommy Reese has there, uh, it, it would be just a total uh, misjudgment and, and really a misuse of resources if he didn't get those guys involved. The Notre Dame baseball team will be playing at Georgia Southern for an NCAA tournament regional. If you believe D1 Baseball, who does a great job of covering the sport, the Irish were not only going to host a regional they were going to be a team that was going to be a national seed and possibly hosting a super regional. But as we know, it looks like the Irish were number 17 and the top 16 get the regional 
opportunity on their home field. The Irish are going to Georgia Southern. What's your reaction to following this team all year, looking at all the analytics, and the Irish somehow are not playing in South Bend? I know it's kind of old news by now because really the you know the 16 teams came out on Sunday night, and then the selection show was Monday. So we've had two different you know TV or social media events to show that Notre Dame was not in the top 16, and here we are on Wednesday. The fact that we're still talking about it says it all. Uh, like I mentioned at the top, I was on vacation at this time. So I was actually at the Big 12 championship game on Sunday night when uh, the announcement started rolling through. I think it was just on Twitter. The NCAA was spitting them out one by one. And I was sitting there on my phone uh, just waiting to see Notre Dame, you know, just, just confirmation because at that point we didn't even know what teams would be coming to South Bend. We just knew that, you know, okay, confirmation Notre Dame is one of the 16 regional hosts. And when, you know, all 16 went through, my brother even looked at me and he said, hey, I'm counting 16 here and Notre Dame's not one of them. What the heck is going on? And by that time, Twitter was already erupting. D1 baseball, like you said, uh, their guys, Kendall Rogers, Aaron Fitt, they were tweeting about it. I was just totally flabbergasted. I just wrote an article published maybe an hour or two ago, used words like bewildered, bamboozled, befuddled, just completely in shock because the RPI will tell you that this is a top 16 team in the country. Most of the national polls all year long would tell you that this was a top 15 team in the country. And for these guys to not get that recognition and not earn the right to play, you know, they've got to win three of four games, essentially. You can't lose two. You have to win three in a regional. That's really hard. It's even harder to do it on the road when a team isn't rewarded for what they did all regular season and they don't get a chance to win those games at home. And I know Notre Dame doesn't have the best home field advantage in college baseball, but you, you know, that still takes out the traveling element and not sleeping in your own bed and, and not showing up to a park that you played at, you know, since February. So just crazy. I was shocked, still kind of shocked, but I think Link Jarrett outwardly at least is over it. He's trying to get his players over it because the mission hasn't changed. They still got to win three games this weekend to advance to a super regional and, you know, that's just what it is. They're going to have to do it at a different ballpark. Well, you mentioned the travel. They probably fly into Savannah, then about an hour bus ride to get to Georgia Southern's campus. Those things can add up, but hopefully this team can use this as fuel. I mean, they're kind of used to being, I guess, job by the NCAA after what happened last year. I love the committee chair saying, well, they wanted to see something extraordinary in conference play. Well, the Irish won the ACC by four and a half games last year, which had never been done before, I think that should have been enough to be a national seed based on the parameters of this year. That's what's confusing and yeah, frustrating. Maybe we're naive to just yeah. assume that it was was going to happen this year, right? Yeah. Because, like I, I laid out the resume. It, it's a top 16 resume, but yeah. so was last year's. Last year's was top eight, and they didn't get that. So it is what it is. Yep. I, I, you know, I have faith in Link here to go take care of business. All right, Tyler, there are still great opportunities for Irish fans to be a part of the Blue and Gold family. How can they do it? Yeah, absolutely. Go to blueandgold.com, sign up for $1 for an entire year of premium access. It's been the best deal running in college sports media, and it continues to be the best deal running. And I also want to plug our magazine. Uh, The calendar has flipped to June, and we are uh, about to really bear down on a 160-page Everything, all things Notre Dame Fighting Irish football preview for the 2022 season. 
features on your favorite players like Tyler Buckner, Michael Mayer, uh, complete uh, previews of all 12 regular season games, previews of all the position groups that Notre Dame has, some stuff on some of the coaches, obviously a lot of Marcus Freeman content because readers cannot get enough of Mm -hmm. that. So uh, blueandgold.com is only $1 for a year, and I think you can get that preview uh, for somewhere around $10. I'd have to look for the exact number, but to get a magazine like that, full color, 160 pages, glossy cover, uh, if our website is the best deal running, then that magazine might be uh, 1B or a really close number two. It's it's really awesome, and we'll have that wrapped up by the end of the month. Looking forward to seeing the magazine, Tyler. Thank you so much for your great analysis, as always, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Darren. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, 624 at WSBT.